Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack, or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams' MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu slash events slash crisis management symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome into Bartholomew Town's continuing coverage of the impact of COVID-19 here in Rhode Island. I'm Bill Bartholomew. On today's episode... A conversation with Rhode Island General Treasurer, Seth Magaziner. Treasurer, you put out a, your office put out an an advisory, I suppose, um, on the fiscal health of, or the health of the pension fund in light of, obviously, this incredibly, um, you know, it's a specific financial moment. It's, It's not like 2008. It's not like anything we've ever experienced before. Can you sort of touch on what the advisory stated as far as the health of the pensions here in the state? Sure. So we put out a press release every month um, updating uh, the public on uh, the performance of the pension system. And I'll just start by saying that every Rhode Islander deserves retirement security, but especially those Rhode Islanders who spend their careers serving the community. Um, And I think if this crazy time that we're living in with the COVID-19 crisis shows us anything, it's that our public employees are, are absolutely essential. Um, you know, that's who's uh, serving the public, keeping us safe, you know, on the front lines as healthcare workers and as first responders, teachers adapting to remote learning. Uh, and so every Rhode Islander deserves retirement security, but especially our public employees. So we put out these updates every month. And as you know, uh, the last couple of months have obviously been a period of, of significant stress in the financial markets as a result of the um, COVID-19 crisis. Uh, From January through March, the stock market was down more than 20%. Um, The good news is that uh, we've been planning for something like this for quite some time. We didn't know that there was gonna be a virus, of course, but uh, we knew that there would be another recession someday. And so back in 2016, when we launched uh, our new investment strategy, We spent a lot of time talking about, okay, we got hit really hard in the 2008 recession, the pension fund did, you know, the pension fund was hit really hard in 2001 and two during the dot-com bust. We know there's going to be another recession someday. We don't know when. How can we be better prepared next time? And the result of those conversations back in 2016 are that we moved hundreds of millions of dollars of state pension money into a new strategy called the crisis protection uh, allocation. And under crisis protection, uh, we basically have uh, hundreds of millions of dollars invested in things that typically go up when just about everything else is going down. And uh, you know, the idea was that by having some money stored away in this crisis protection allocation, the next time there was a recession, it would help to offset our losses uh, and buffer us so that we wouldn't take as hard a hit as we did in prior recessions. So these last few months have been the first real test case of the crisis protection allocation. And the early uh, indications are that it's working the way it was intended. 
Um, obviously, this was a, a couple of months where the stock market had a significant decline, a 20% decline from January through March. During that same period, the crisis protection allocation that we have in the Rhode Island Pension Fund actually went up by 15%. Uh, that alone saved us uh, about $270 million. And so while the pension fund overall had a decline of about 9.5% in the first quarter, um, as you would expect every pension fund to have a decline in this kind of environment, um, we actually saved a lot of money and, and were able to avoid uh, larger losses um, as a result of that crisis protection strategy working the way that it was intended to. This is specifically related to the pension program. Is it sort of applied in other funds that you manage or is this hyper focused on the pension as far as the crisis prevention? Uh, this is just about the pension. Um, you know, most of the other funds that we manage uh, are like the state's cash accounts where we don't tend to invest in the stock market. Um, uh, so it's, it's specific to the pension fund and, you know, it's important because again, for those 60,000 Rhode Islanders who spent their careers serving the community, we want to make sure that their retirement is secure. And, uh, we also want to make sure that, uh, the pension system remains affordable for taxpayers too. Um, which is why, again, it's important that we avoid uh, a really significant decline. And, and so, uh, again, you know, we're, in a fluid situation, obviously, and the world is a very uncertain place right now, but uh, the early indications that the crisis protection uh, asset class is doing what it's supposed to do uh, is, is a good sign. There's been some federal, I guess, guidance or suggestion today from Mitch McConnell that states can declare bankruptcy if need be. Is Rhode Island in a position right now where even in these ch with the challenges that that's not something that will be on the table at this point? No, that's not on the table right now. And and honestly, that was, uh, I think, a ridiculous statement by Mitch McConnell. I mean, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in Congress were all too eager to bail out the airline industry and the cruise line industry and, uh, you know, other big businesses. But states and cities need support as well. The worst thing, the worst thing that could happen when we already have double digit unemployment is to compound that problem by having states and cities lay off thousands and thousands of, of workers, of teachers and police officers and firefighters. So, you know, my message to Mitch McConnell would be that if you are willing to bail out banks and airline companies and cruise ship companies, uh, you ought to be willing to support our city and our state governments as well so that we can continue to serve the public. And, um, uh, you know, that we that that is what Congress should be focused on, not on uh, telling states to go bankrupt. Right. And I guess the same would be true for cities. From your yeah. purview, are you in touch with the finance departments of various municipalities? And, and is that something that's even in your oversight as treasurer? Yeah, I have been in touch with, um, I'd say at this point, most of the mayors and town administrators around the state um, to check in and to see how they're doing. Um, every city and town is different, of course. Uh, the general theme that I'm hearing from cities and towns in Rhode Island is that in the short term, they're doing okay. The next couple of months, they'll be okay. Uh, but that they're worried about the longer term, right? And so again, 
um, having access to federal support is absolutely vital. It, you know, I'll, I'll give you one example. Rhode Island, and, and big credit to our congressional delegation for this, they've been terrific, uh, but Rhode Island received $1.25 billion of aid in the CARES Act, the, the federal stimulus bill that passed a few weeks ago. One and a quarter billion dollars is a lot of money for Rhode Island, and that's that's terrific. And our understanding is that some of that money can be used to support the cities and towns as well. The problem is, uh, at this point at least, it is not clear that whether we can use that money to offset lost revenues. Um, it says pretty clearly in the legislation that Congress passed that we can use it to pay for extra expenses related to COVID. So we can use it to pay for building the field hospitals and buying PPE and ventilators and, you know, cities and towns potentially can use it if they have, you know, overtime costs for public safety associated with the COVID crisis and that sort of thing. But the biggest fiscal challenge that the state and the cities face is not increased spending, it's decreased revenues, right? It's, it's the fact that tax revenues are down because of the necessary social distancing measures. And so even if the federal government could give us the flexibility to use some of that aid money that they've already given to us to help us offset our declining revenues in addition to the increasing expenses. That would be tremendously helpful to states and to cities. I know that our congressional delegation is well aware of this and they support it. Um, I'm hopeful that the Trump administration will allow it with the aid that's already been given. But uh, if they don't, then then Congress is really going to need to act to give that flexibility to the states and the cities. Just from, I guess, are you feeling optimistic in any way, shape or form? Obviously, it's a time right now where friends who are in, in finance, this is <laughs> it's not a great time to be yeah. in that industry being you know faced. You talk about being faced with the news, just being faced with the realities of these challenges every day. I mean, how, are you feeling optimistic that? Rhode Island is going to be well situated down the line. Um, there's obviously a lot of talk about Twin River and how the generating of revenue that will not come out of Twin River for a while. Yeah, look, we, we're going to face a state budget challenge for sure, which is why the federal assistance that I mentioned earlier is going to be so important. Um, but look, at the end of the day, uh, I am optimistic. I'm optimistic because I think the people of Rhode Island have shown just incredible spirit in these last difficult two months. You know, Rhode Islanders have shown that we are tough, that we're compassionate, and that we'll do what it takes uh, and look out for each other. And so, you know, that makes me optimistic about the future of the state, even in these challenging times. Um, and look, at the end of the day, by working hard, we'll get through it. I think the biggest challenge that we have is, is making sure that uh, Rhode Islanders who've been hurt by the crisis, get the help that we need, uh, that they need, you know, that people who've lost their jobs get their unemployment benefits, that small businesses get the assistance that they're entitled to. Um, but, you know, by working together, I do believe that we'll get through this and we'll come through it stronger than ever. I've seen some Facebook status updates from small businesses, especially more in the, the quote unquote mom and pop shop um, all around the state that are complaining about not even having a chance to apply for whether it's the PPP or other yeah. opportunities, where where does Rhode Island stand right now in accessing capital for those businesses? It, it, so the situation nationally is totally unacceptable. And uh, just so your your viewers and your listeners know, um, you know Congress passed this PPP program 
which basically, even though it's a loan, it, it works like a grant, right? And so small businesses, the idea was could apply for the PPP loan, use it to pay for their payroll to keep people employed and use it for their rent and their utilities. And after two months, uh, the loan would be forgiven. So it was essentially a grant from the federal government to small businesses to help small businesses stay open and keep their people on the payroll. Um, the problem is that when it launched, even though the money was coming from the federal government, it, it wasn't coming from banks, the federal government left it up to banks to process the applications. And a lot of the banks were turning people away. Uh, and in, in some cases, like very egregiously, there were banks that were only processing applications uh, for businesses that were their more profitable customers, right? And so the smaller guys, the mom and pop stores were getting turned away, but the more profitable businesses for the banks were getting moved to the front of the line. And that's uh, a shame and that's unacceptable. It's not the way that this program was supposed to work. It was supposed to be a first come first serve system. And a lot of the banks, unfortunately, I think were trying to make a quick buck and were using this as an opportunity to make money uh, rather than to get help to the small businesses that actually needed it. So the day after the program launched, and, you know, and within 24 hours, it was clear what was going on. The day after the program launched, I sent a letter to all the banks and credit unions in Rhode Island. And I said to them, cut it out, knock it off, you know, do not turn people away. Keep in mind, the banks are not even lending their own money here. Like They're not at any risk. They're just supposed to be the pass through. And I sent a letter to all of them saying, listen, take applications from all eligible small businesses, regardless of whether they are your existing customers or not, regardless of whether they're your most profitable, profitable customers or not. Take the applications, process them for everybody. And at the end of the day, when this is all over, we in the state treasury are going to remember which banks and credit unions did the right thing and helped Rhode Island small businesses and which ones tried to take advantage of the situation. Um, I followed up with phone calls to a number of bank executives around the state. We had some very tough conversations in some cases. And the good news is that while not all of the banks changed their behavior, um, some of them did. And, you know, at this point, uh, there are at least a half a dozen lenders in Rhode Island banks and credit unions that are processing PPP applications for all eligible small businesses, uh, no matter how small. Um, and so what we tell people is, is if you are a small business and you're having a hard time finding a lender to process your PPP application, contact our office and we'll point you to the ones uh, that we know are, are willing to process applications for everybody. But I mean, when I said, you know, at the end of the day, we will remember which banks stepped up to do the right thing to help small businesses get through this uh, and which ones did not. Last question is, I guess, in in terms of your interaction with the governor and her team, she's got the 10 different I think it's 10 different sort of breakout teams studying different aspects of the reopening of the economy, the scientific elements of, of this crisis. How involved are you in that process or are you sort of working in your own silo, for lack of a better term, more hyper-focused? I guess the, the question is, are you in, involved in the governor's um, operations on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, so I, I've been communicating with the governor and with members of her team constantly uh, through the course of the crisis. Uh, you know, I 
communicate with the governor probably every couple of days with members of her team every day. Um, I primarily, you know, in my capacity as state treasurer, primarily am focused on uh, the financial and budgetary side of things. So making sure that the state stays liquid, that we're able to uh, meet our financial obligations, our agencies are funded so that we can continue to deliver critical services and, and benefits to Rhode Islanders. Um, but I also, you know, have weighed in and, and been in part, uh, been uh, uh, in conversations with the governor and her team on economic issues and small business issues as well. So um, we're in close communication and, um, and you know, I, as I said, uh, there are many challenges, but I'm, I'm very hopeful that we'll get through this. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. For updates on COVID-19's impact here in Rhode Island, plus a back catalog of nearly 200 episodes featuring some of your favorite Rhode Island media personalities, artists, and politicos, head over to ripodcast.com or search Bartholomew Town on your favorite podcast app.